Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 312 for September 5th, 2023. I'm your host, Randy Snow. On this week's show, Coach Prime and his Colorado Buffaloes shock the college football world. A bar in Milwaukee will pay your bar tab if Rodgers and the Jets lose. And the Dallas Cowboys are number one again, according to Forbes magazine's latest list of the most valuable NFL franchises. But I'm not here all by myself. Across the table for me, as always, is my son, Adam. Hi. Man, oh man. Uh, it feels weird being... Uh... You know, in the man cave, I mean... Yeah, yeah. you got that new apartment. A new place. Uh, We've definitely already done a recording over the internet for Uh something else, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. But, uh, yeah, hi. It's weird being face-to-face with you. (laughs) We come to you each week from the fabulous world of football man cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. Our goal is to educate, inform, and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the World of Football podcast. We also have timestamps down in the descriptions of both the podcast and the YouTube video. So you can go right to the topics that you really want to listen to. You can also find our podcast in its full audio form on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash at the world of football. That's the handle. Uh, as, well there, as well as other selected videos that we've got up there, like uh, last week's episode of uh, Just Lying Around, yeah. a Detroit Lions podcast. It was episode four. And uh, Kyle and Adam were talking about the uh, last preseason game between the Lions and the Carolina Panthers. Yep, we talked about that. Roster cuts, all that stuff. And uh, we got another one coming this week. Yep. We got a lot of videos uh, this week leading yeah. up to the NFL season. We got, uh, we're going to do a Lions Chiefs preview over on Just Lying Around. Uh, that should be up Wednesday. Uh, also, tomorrow you're going to see uh, on Wednesday, that is the 6th, uh, at some point during the day, we'll get the our weekly NFL picks video up. So it'll be that time of year again, everybody. Yes. And we will also have a history lesson up tomorrow, which will not be done by Randy. We're going to allow me a chance on camera. (laughs) I wrote a history lesson also featuring the Lions Chiefs. Uh, It'll be the history of uh, their kind of head-to-head matchups over the past 54 years. Yeah. Or 53 years? Yeah. That was your your idea. You wanted to do it, and I'm happy to let you do it. Yep, so you better start uh, backlogging your history lesson so we can do one every (laughs) week now. Now, We're taking a little bit of a break. Yeah, so as far as the picks video, uh, if you participated last year, uh, and you want to participate again, uh, send us your uh, your picks for week one. Uh, if you didn't get a chance last year and you want to participate this year, do the same thing. Yep, leave those in the description or in the comments of the picks video on YouTube. That is the best way. That's where we're going to be looking. And we'll take everybody's and talk about you on the next show. Yep. Uh, when uh, they have to be in by kickoff right, Thursday on night. Thursday night. So we're yep. going to look at that time. If it goes past the time... We get it. It's one game, but we want to try to be fair to everybody who gets their stuff in there on time. Yep. So, and we had we had a number of people last year. We yeah. think five or six people. Quite right. maybe even we even had a couple here and there that were like one and done. Right. That yeah. Kind of come in. in for a couple of weeks and we didn't hear from them anymore. Yeah. But, but yeah, we had a good time. I think everybody had a good time making their yeah. picks and and boasting a little bit yeah. or uh, whatever. It's, it's, it's just all in good fun. <laughs> it's just fun. It's all in good fun. It allows us to connect and 
Uh, I'll give you a little spoiler. I can't tell you how many times in the video that dad would shake his head at uh, uh, one of the panelists. That's right. We have a third panelist this year. Yep. And uh, that third panelist uh, would shake his head at Randy. So, I mean, it's already started. But, yeah, if you want to participate, go ahead. And as soon as the video comes out, uh, send us your picks in the comments of our <clears throat> picks video for week one. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so let's begin today's show, and we're going to start with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. That's right. We're going to start things off with the CFL. Yes, I know there is college football, but we're going to get to it, everybody. Just chill. Just settle down over week there. Week 13 up there, man. It's week 13 in Canada, and you want we're to invested. know something? I'm invested in the CFL, and, you know, I'd say it's only going to get bumped next week because of the NFL. We'll start mm. off with the NFL, but right now it might be the last week for the CFL to start the, the scoreboard, so we're starting there. Yep. All right, and we're starting on Saturday night, which saw the British Columbia Lions defeat the Montreal Alouettes 34-25. Montreal did lead this game 25-24 to early in the fourth quarter, but British Columbia scored the final 10 points of the game to get that victory. Alouettes quarterback Vernon Adams completed 21 passes for 306 yards and three touchdowns, while also running the ball eight times for another 54 yards. Wide receiver Alexander Hollins had five catches for 88 yards and two touchdowns. And then for Montreal... Uh, which is also the Alouette. So unless you got that all backwards, because um, you have Montreal, you said the Alouette's oh, quarterback. Oh, that was B BC quarterback. Version. So okay, so okay. all that yep. scratch it. That was British Columbia. Randy screwed up the Sorry. script again. Sorry. All right, then for Montreal, quarterback Cody Fajardo completed twenty-two passes for three hundred eight yards and a touchdown. Running back William Standback ran the ball eight times for one hundred eight yards and a touchdown. While wide receiver Austin Mack had seven catches for one hundred forty-three yards. In a touchdown. And I don't want to hear anything in the comments about how we screwed that up and that those weren't Alouette's players. They were British Columbia Lions players. <laughs> I fixed it. I fixed Randy's mistake. Oh. And we're going to move on. Randy, anything from that game? Uh, no. All right. Then on Sunday, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they went out and defeated in shocking fashion the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 32-30. to What a way that game ended. The game was tied 24-24 to at the end of regulation. Then in overtime, Saskatchewan scored a touchdown and two-point conversion. Winnipeg, however, did follow up with a touchdown, but failed the two-point conversion attempt, therefore giving the victory to the Rough Riders. Yeah. Saskatchewan quarterback Jake... Dolagala. Uh, Dolagala. So it is... Okay, I feel like I said it wrong every time. Dolagala completed 22 passes for 326 yards, but no touchdowns. He's a super tall quarterback, right? Yes. yes he, he I is. saw the interview where he was really leaning down to talk to that reporter. That sideline reporter yep. girl. Yeah, she was Crack so short up. and he was so tall. Crack me up. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, where did I leave off? He had 22 passes for 326 yards, no touchdowns. Backup quarterback Antonio Pickin had two rushing touchdowns and kicker Brett Lather. 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 I spelled that wrong. It's oh, L-A-U. I forgot the Two U. mistakes so far, Randy. Uh, Brett Lather, uh, Lather connected on five field goals. The longest uh, was from 53 yards out. Uh, for Winnipeg, quarterback Zach Caleros completed 13 passes for 279 yards and two touchdowns, while running back Brady Oliveira ran the ball 17 times for 88 yards and two touchdowns, while wide receiver Nick Dembski had five catches for 118 yards. Now you always mess up Brady Oliveira's last name, so I spelled it differently. I spelled it incorrectly so that you would pronounce it correctly. Man, even... And it worked this time. There you go. There's an I in there somewhere, and I left it out on purpose because See, there you go. I knew you'd mess See, it up. You just put it for phonetics in, in parentheses. I probably get... Like I said, I'm Ron Burgundy. I just read what's on the teleprompter. Except what I noticed that you did write, the game was toes, 24-24. I was nice and initially just 
covered your mistake, but now I'm going to call you out on hey, it. These last three games on the schedule, <laughs> I did them this morning, and I was in a rush. I still had some obituaries to write and some other stuff to look up, so I was I was in a rush. Oh, this man. Uh, if I had the time you had to get this done, yeah, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be as bad. Or uh, as good. Or it could be worse. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Then, of course, it was Labor Day weekend, everybody, yep. and the tradition up in Canada is incredible. I love that they do this. So that meant on Monday, Labor Day itself, we had a doubleheader. The first being the Toronto Argonauts against their rivals, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which uh, during that game had a record crowd of 25,318 people in attendance at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Just fantastic for all those fans to show up to see an absolute beatdown by the Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> Getting that victory 41-28. to 28. Uh, The Ticats were down 17-4 to at halftime. Toronto quarterback Chad Kelly completed 15 passes for 201 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran for an additional touchdown. On, uh, see, running back A.J. Olette ran the ball 12 times for 79 yards and also threw a 26-yard touchdown pass, his first in the CFL. And then on the Hamilton side of the ball, quarterback Taylor Powell completed 30 passes for 296 yards and three touchdowns. Wide receiver Tim White had eight catches for 110 yards and a touchdown, while wide receiver Terry Godwin had six catches for 50 yards and two touchdowns. That uh, touchdown pass by the running back, A.J. Olette, uh, that was that was great uh, to see. Yeah. But what was even better was I, they didn't actually show him going to the sidelines, but he must have gone over to the sidelines because he had this like Thor hammer. Oh, I saw that. And he great. ran to the end zone and he used that and he smacked the ground and all the players fell over. Fantastic. And it was funny. It was uh, creative, and it was a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got a fifteen yard unsportsmanlike penalty. I think so. Especially was, especially being in Hamilton to do that. Yeah, oh man. Yeah. Oh, and they showed that so many times. In fact, I even I even uh, went and got your brother Abram and I said, You gotta come see this because yeah. I thought the Thor Hammer thing was just oh, it was phenomenal. Great. It was great. I it needs to make the rounds on the internet. I I posted already. that on our social media. You can yeah. find it there. I gotta send it to some friends on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then finally, in the final Monday night game of uh Labor Day. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders got the victory over the Edmonton Elks, 35-31. to This was also known for us in the States, if you're not aware, this is called the Battle of Alberta. Uh, great name, I think. <laughs> uh, Edmonton led 28-13 to early in the fourth quarter and still led 31-20 to just before the three-minute warning. However, they did lose uh, with 20 seconds to go in the game, which is just soul crushing because we were really pulling for Edmonton yeah. here. This would have been three in a row for them. Would have been three in a row oh, for them. They would have been on a hot so streak. So disappointed. They led oh. I, I think they led the whole game. But gosh, they just they had so much control of this game and they let it slip away. Yeah, Edmonton was outscored in the fourth quarter 22 to 3. Yeah, you just simply just, cannot do that. Yeah. You know, that's been their MO all season long was they lost a lot of games, but they started winning a couple of games and I thought they were going to I thought they turned one. it. I thought they had it. I was yep. looking at them maybe going on a little bit of a streak here. Yeah. But, Ended uh, after two games. Um, uh, Calgary quarterback Jake Mayer completed 27 passes for 315 yards and no touchdowns, but he did have a rushing touchdown. Ticker Rene Paredes kicked four field goals. Uh, and then for Edmonton, quarterback Trey Ford, who doesn't seem to be the problem over there with that Edmonton team. No, he's going to be a good one. They just he, need to give him some time. Yeah, 14 passes for 137 yards and a touchdown, but he also ran the ball 11 times for 135 yards. This dude... <laughs> 
Man, oh, man. He's been he, fun to watch. He almost had more rushing yards than passing yards. That would have been crazy. God, Just I'm, two yards short. I think a couple of those rushes were like 40 yards. I know one was for yeah, 40 yards. That guy, he's going to be something else. When they build a team around him, Edmonton's going to be scary. Yeah. Uh, then wide receiver Stephen Dunbar had two catches for 24 yards and two touchdowns. So both his catches were touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, he's got two passes. They were both touchdowns. Yeah, that's got to be a nice day for him. And then kicker <laughs> Dean Faithful had three field goals during the game. So. I only mentioned that because I thought that name was so cool. We've never Dean mentioned Faithful? Dean Faithful. You see him you walking off the field. better have faith in that kicker. He's <laughs> faithful on the back of his jersey. Oh, my God. I, I had to mention him. Yeah. Three field goals is a, is a good outcome. Yeah. And then on by this week, the Ottawa Red Blacks. And then we're going to quickly run through your CFL standings before throwing it over to Randy, who's going to cover the college football scores of the weekend. Oh, many scores. But uh, quickly, here are your CFL standings. In the East, the Toronto Argonauts sit at the top with a 9-1 record, followed by the 6-5 Montreal Alouettes, the 4-7 Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the 3-8 Ottawa Red Blacks. In the West, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers still hold that top spot despite losing at 9-3. The British Columbia Lions in second place with an 8-4 record. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders at 6-5. The Calgary Stampeders at 4-8. And, and the Edmonton Elks holding the bottom at 2-10. Should be 3-9. Yeah, that's yeah. just so unfortunate. <laughs> but all right, now we're going to throw it over to Randy and some college football scores. Yeah, we're going to start out with FBS scores. This is week one, and it's what I'm calling blowout weekend is because so many of these uh, you know, top 25 teams, they all played uh, much lower opponents. Yeah. Uh, so they were beating up on these you know, FCS teams. For the and, most part, yeah. I mean, not everybody did, but right. uh, it all started on Thursday night with uh, Western Michigan uh, <laughs> against St. Francis of Pennsylvania, which the game we were at. And and St. Francis is a is an FCS school, so yeah, it's a, low, a lower opponent. But we won the game 37-17. What a beautiful night to be great at, night. at Waldo Stadium here in Kalamazoo. It was fantastic. Great and, atmosphere. Uh, Western is always, I think, if you have a, a Mac school in your area or like a, a level school like that, go out. Right. It's always so much fun. Yeah. And I, I think Western is, every year they've kind of been upgrading the fan experience i think there this year is the first year they've been sell they sold alcohol yeah. at the stadium yep uh which i was a little surprised by but I, clearly it was a big hit <laughs> clearly people drank responsibly i didn't see any you know drunkards i could smell the beer but <laughs> it was a fun good fun atmosphere yeah i, I had a lot of fun thursday I mean, night. before the game started we we went up to the concourse and uh uh, I'm I'm looking for a place to get a hot dog and a and a bottle of water. And the first one I walk up to, I'm looking up at the menu, and it's all booze. There's no food at that one. It's strictly alcohol. And I'm like, oh, this isn't right. And I had to go around the corner to find the food vendor. Right. But uh, yeah, that was a whole new experience. Experience alcohol being sold there. But it was a great great time. A good game. Just a fun night. They had, uh, what, fireworks at halftime. It wasn't quite totally dark yet when they did the fireworks at halftime. No. There's a little bit of light. You still, you know, the sun had just gone down. But uh, just a fun night, fun mm -hmm. atmosphere. We actually stayed for the whole game. Yeah. You know, it it wasn't totally a blowout. It was it was fairly close. Uh, Francis for being for being such a lower level. I what well, they were like nine and three last year, I guess. I they don't were, remember. They, they did pretty well for themselves in the FCS last year, but. I thought they had some good, talented players. That quarterback yeah. could sling it. Uh, they had a couple of wide receivers and running backs that definitely had some speed. That was a little uh, made us nervous at one point, but you know yeah. Western was able to finally put the clamps down. But yeah, overall good night, and yeah, you always had, want to see your team get get the W. Yeah, they uh, what were they called the um, 
red flashes. Yeah, the red flashes. And so their helmets, they had black helmets with a red a lightning bolt that looked like the San Diego Chargers. It was a set of the old San Diego yeah. Chargers helmet, yeah. but red, yeah. But, it, you know, a nice look, a cool look, and and uh, Western was all in white, head to toe. Yeah. They uh, wanted helmets. it to be the whiteout game. Uh, yeah. Stuff. And a lot of the student section was in white. Yeah. But uh, a fun time. So that that's how the weekend started. And then on Friday night, uh, Michigan State defeated Central Michigan uh, 31-7. to then we get into some of the Saturday games, and uh, number one Georgia defeated UT Martin forty-eight to seven. Number two Michigan defeated East Carolina thirty to three. Number three Ohio State defeated Indiana twenty-three to three. Number four Alabama over Middle Tennessee State fifty-six to seven. Number six USC over Nevada sixty-six to fourteen. It was number thirteen Notre Dame over Tennessee State fifty-six to three. At number 15, Oregon over Portland State, 81 to 7. That's, it was definitely. I saw, I had to double take that score. Yeah. Yeah. You told me about that. Did you see that? No, we, it was not when we were at the game. You, you told me about that. I told you score. about that. Yeah. When yeah. I like, uh, came by for something else. I was like, you see that score? I can't yeah. believe Oregon hung 81. Yeah. That's uh, 81 to 7. I almost thought that was it was fake. Yeah. Uh, number 16, Kansas State shut out Southeast Missouri State, 45 to nothing. But the big upset of the whole weekend, and I watched a little bit of well, this. Well, you're going from TV. blowouts. Now we're going to talk about some upset. Well, well an upset. I was just going through the top 25 oh, okay. and giving a lot of scores right now. But, yeah, the big upset was Colorado upsetting number 17, TCU, 45-42. to 42. Coach Prime gets his first FBS win, and his son, quarterback Shador Sanders, threw for 510 yards, which is a school record, and four touchdowns. Uh, four players, uh, I don't know if they're all receivers or maybe running back, uh, had over 100 yards receiving in the game. The Buffaloes snapped a nine-game winning streak for TCU uh, against Pac-12 opponents dating back to 2003. And uh, Colorado entered the game as a 20-point underdog. Did yeah. you say that was the first time in yeah, 20, it's, 20 it's years? Since like 1997, no team that was a 20-point underdog in the opening game hmm. won, the, won a game, hmm. and this is it. Look, I they looked awesome. They looked great. I mean, they played a really competitive game against the team that was in the national championship yes. last year. Yes, they were the runner up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I think uh, they came out with a poll today, and I think the uh, or today or yesterday, I didn't see when, but apparently Colorado is now ranked. They mm. moved them up to twenty-two. I, I, believe. I did not look into that. I, yeah, I, I know we were, it was coming out. I think it was coming up today. Maybe, maybe it did, but I think yeah. So. There at least I think at twenty two now. Don't hold me to that. As far as I know, that's what I heard when I was okay. driving in. But uh, no, like I figured, I didn't think that they would be the greatest team on the planet, Colorado. But I did think with Prime going there, you know, Deion Sanders, with that infusion of uh, portal players they were getting from other universities, and you know, maybe his son, you know, coming over. I was like, okay, they they'll probably be decent. They'll probably you know. Maybe at the least make a bowl game. They'll probably have a great, you know, like what what do they play? Like twelve games. Like maybe they'll be nine and three or something like that. That's kind of what I was thinking. Maybe they'd be, and come out with this big win. I'll admit, I think Dion deserves you know a little bit of like the I told you so with everybody. But at the same time, just reel it in a little bit, Dion. Like <laughs> you still got some games to go. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I do think they're going to be better than people thought. I've been thinking yeah. that since yeah. he went there and those players started transferring. I started changing my tune from well i don't know how good they'll be with him as the coach but when i saw all the players flocking there that's when i figured 
this might be a special situation. Well, didn't didn't he get rid of just about everybody that was on the team from last year? I don't remember if he got rid of everybody. I think it was pretty darn, darn near everybody. And, well, when you go 1-15, in 15, don't you kind of clean house when you go somewhere? Well, when you, in college, that's hard to do with kids. Yeah. But he did tell him, like, if you... You know, not, if you don't like the way I'm going to run things, you know, in his opening thing with the players, transfer now. Like, there you go. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. But look, I, I would have said, you know, nepotism with the starting quarterback. Shoot, the kid put up 501 yards. Yeah. Can't, you um, can't I, argue with. I'm that. not going to say, you know, nepotism now because he would, clearly he's a great quarterback. You know, and he clearly must have been that good to beat out whoever else was at Colorado. Well, you know, he coached his son at the at Jackson State, and he they did. had a good record. They there. had a good record, but that's Jackson State and that True. level of college football. True. I wasn't sure how that would translate up, you know, to the essentially the top tier of the college football landscape. Yeah. But look, I I'm flabbergasted. I'm <laughs> impressed, and as much as I didn't like Dion as a player, as a coach, I respect the heck out of him. Mm-hmm. I respect what he's been doing with every, you know, from Jackson State now to Colorado. I respect what he's doing out there. Mm-hmm. The only thing that bugged me was his thing about being mad that his players didn't get in a fight or help oh, out. That thing, that I was, think that's the only thing so far that I've been like, come on, Dion. that was a week or two ago. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, congratulations, Colorado, and they're going to be the team to watch now in college football. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah everybody's going to be tuning in. They're now. not going to be sneaking up on anybody now. Everybody know knows that uh, they've got a decent. <laughs> they team can't and they take them lightly. Yeah. You know? All right, continuing with our uh, blowout weekend scoreboard, number 20, Oklahoma, shut out Arkansas State, 73 to nothing. Number two, old, or I'm sorry, number 22, Old Miss over Mercer. That should have been a mercy rule against them. Uh, 73 to 7. Auburn over Massachusetts, 59 to 14. Cincinnati over Eastern Kentucky, 66 to 13. Syracuse shut out little old Colgate, 65 to nothing. And then uh, one score from Sunday, number eight, Florida State upset number five, LSU, 45 to 24. And people are, are saying that LSU is maybe not the team they thought they were going to be. This Even year. the head coach based, said that. Based on this score? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. But uh, And the, the last score from the FBS uh, last night, Monday night, Duke upset number nine, Clemson, 28 to 7. I saw In just their a little, building. I saw just a little bit of that game on TV. Man. and. Uh, you know, it was like uh, it was. I don't know if it was after halftime, but they were they were up quite a bit on them already. And I'm like, Duke, Duke is upsetting right. a ranked team. I, yeah, like that's absolutely crazy. And then I think uh, Clemson's dropped from nine to twenty five in the really? poll now. Uh, yeah, so they lose another one, they'll be out next week. Oh boy! I mean, I already saw a thing after they lost last night. Somebody posted that the Clemson Tigers have been eliminated from the college football playoff after one game. <laughs> That, that's the crazy that's why people love college football that is the fun right. and exciting thing about college football is that element of chaos that i love uh, yeah which you love chaos one weekend clemson that loss see ya playoff hopes week one it's all yep. gone yeah it's that's, up in flames that's basically it you know so many of these teams you know they, they have undefeated that's records they don't put, at, at the end of the season and that those are the ones that get the playoffs that's why they play cupcakes to start the year yeah not you know I mean, it's the landscape's starting to change enough to where that's going to change. It won't be cupcakes week one, I think. Now it'll be, we're just getting straight into these mega conferences, playing each of the other mega conferences, and yeah. we'll be there soon. The amateur professional collegiate association or whatever they're going to be called in the next yeah, five well, they're, years. They're talking. You know, I heard somebody talking about this on on sports talk when I was driving around today, and I I re- believe it. I just hadn't put it in this sort of context before, but this is the last year 
that football is going to look like what we've known for so many years with the conferences and everything. Yeah. And next year, you're not going to recognize college football anymore. It's I, just going to be. It's going to be what it's going to. The super conferences and and uh, you know people. Even even that's not going to be its final form. I, I think no, there's going to be no. one more jump in. But, the, but it's going to be a massive change next year over what uh, oh, yeah. we've known all these years. Pac-12 will be gone probably. Um, you know all these super conferences coming in. Uh, schools you know, are going to be flying from coast to coast for games now because they're part of a of a conference that. Uh, it's going from coast to coast. It's not, you know, the Big Ten was up north, the Pac-12 was out west, right. and all that. You know, it's they're they're nationwide conferences now. They're not they're not regional. That's yeah. That's why this, it's going to keep shifting. It's going to I think it's going to revert back to, you know, some sort of divisional alignments. And I don't know. It's going to be weird. Yep. It's the, the change starts now. Everybody's chasing that almighty dollar for this uh, the playoffs, and and that's is it next year that the playoffs start uh, the 12 team 12 team I think I, it is next year next year yep yeah so watch out next year oh my gosh it's going to be uh, hard to follow hopefully we'll be able to keep a, a handle on it i don't know now we got it. time to figure it out yeah i don't know as usual i'll just wait till the last minute and try to throw something together yep uh, let's see uh, the military academies uh, air force over robert morris 42 to 7 and uh the University of Louisiana Monroe over Army, 17-13. to 13. Uh, Navy was off this week. They played in uh, Dublin, Ireland uh, last week against Notre Dame and got their butts handed to them, so they could probably use a week off. All right, uh, FCS scores. Now, from here, all these different lower levels, uh, it's all three random scores that I just picked out for no reason other than maybe the score or the school name. So uh, FCS scores, uh, Hampton over Grambling, 35-31. to 31. North Dakota over Drake, 55-7. to And Houston Christian shut out Arkansas Baptist, 66 to nothing. Uh, Division II scores, Frostburg State over New Haven, 27-24 in overtime. Samford over Shorter, 69-14. And Pittsburgh State, the Gorillas, I love that logo, over Washburn, 34-7. to In Division Three scores, Wisconsin-Platteville over Lakeland, 80 13. Lindenwood over Wisconsin Stevens Point, 77 to 9. And Trine shut out Anderson of Indiana, 61 to nothing. You believe me now that this was a blowout weekend? Yeah, and I see some scores about to <laughs> show up. We'll get down to the NAIA scores. You had Georgetown of Kentucky shutting out Kentucky Christian, 76 to nothing. Penn State of Iowa over Missouri Baptist, 6-2, which I thought was that's a baseball score. Is it Penn 62. State? I thought it was William Penn is what you got written down. Uh, did I say Penn State? Yep. William Penn, I'm sorry. William Penn of Iowa over Missouri Baptist, 6-2. Uh, University of Texas Permian Basin shut out Texas College, 96 to nothing. Oof. Isn't there a, a some sort of a mercy rule in these things? Probably I mean, there not. is in high school football. They should... They should have something in college, too. I mean, come on. Uh, the National Junior College Athletic Association, there were no scores. There might have been one, uh, but I, I don't know if they had a score. They had one game. Maybe it was canceled, but I won't have any scores on that until next week. But uh, going up to Canada, U Sports, which is their division of the NCAA up there, it was uh, Montreal over Concordia, 43-12, to Alberta over Calgary, 33-9, to and the University of British Columbia over Regina, 25-10. to 10. And finally, up in Canada, Canadian Junior College football. 
The Hamilton Hurricanes shut out the Greater Toronto Area Grizzlies 56 to nothing. Uh, West Shore Rebels over the Langley Rams 28 to 21, and Saint the Saint Clair Saints over the London Beefeaters 40 to 36. Earlier today, I was reading that Langley Rams score to myself, and I kept going, uh, Langley Falls Bazooka Sharks. Oh. <laughs> so I, I said, I better catch myself when I read that yeah. later. And that is it for this week's World of Football scoreboard. Uh, more next week. We'll try and fit in as many scores as we can. Um, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we won't have so many blowouts next week, and we'll get some real football between uh, evenly matched teams. Yeah. All right. In NFL news, uh, Hard Knocks episode four last week. Uh, this was the first time uh, that I noticed them actually focusing on other players on the team other than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, up until now, it's been an Aaron Rodgers love fest, but they finally did what they've done in the past, which is what I come to expect when you watch Hard Knocks, and that's uh, focus on some of these uh, unknown players, the linemen, the 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 rookies, you know, the the free agents. Uh, tell their story. How did they come to be here? And you now some of them have some pretty compelling stories to tell, and they finally focused on those guys uh, this past episode, and it was great to see. You know, and then you know, of course they still had Rogers at the end because he played in the the preseason game, but uh, it it was nice for them to focus on other people, and I came to the realization that as I'm watching Rogers on the screen, he's very aware of where the camera is at all oh, times. Of course, and he's he's mugging for the camera. He's looking around and when he's he sees loving the, this. He's got these lines, these quips, and things that he says. I think he's practiced them and had them written down. It's not off the cuff. He's he's playing up to the camera. Uh, I hate it, but. Uh, <laughs> But luckily, there's only one more episode, and that is tonight. The yeah. season finale is at 10 o'clock tonight. So I don't know if I'll watch it tonight, and maybe I'll watch it tomorrow. But yeah. uh, they've already had one uh, thing leak out where they uh, uh, brought one guy into uh, uh, the, the coach's office, and they made it sound like they were going to cut him. But in the end, they said, welcome to the team. And mm. he's like, oh, my God, you guys had me going. <laughs> yeah, they, they did have one cut at the end of the last episode, which is the guy who did the Eminem yes, rap. Yes. They, showed it, they didn't show him getting cut, but they showed him... Coming into the facility, doing that whole walk of shame kind of right. thing. Walking out with a with a yeah. team, clean out your locker and, and yeah. So that was kind of a bummer way to end the episode. But again, that's what uh, he's the guy that was happens. juggling too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like learning, yeah, yeah. doing juggling and yeah. stuff. But uh, they, yeah, so he was like a guy they kind of focus on for a couple episodes. I'm still a fan. Uh, the best part of this uh, season of Hard Knocks with the Jets has been the. Defensive line for the Jets. Oh, yeah. All those defensive players. Quinnen Williams is one of my favorite players now because of, you know, every year there's always like one guy for a team. I'm just like, I like love this dude. There's that guy with Tampa Bay. I can't remember his name at the top of my head. When Tampa Bay was on, there was the coach from the Brown season. Uh, you know, the, the guy with the big gut. Right. Um, and then I'm sure every year there's always like one. Darren Waller, I think, from the Raiders season. And every year there's always like one player and Quinton Williams is that dude. Mm. I love this dude. He is a monster <laughs> on the defensive line. I would not want to go up against him, but uh, everything with that defense, cause they got together and they did their charcuterie board dinner. Mm. And one guy was making like a shrimp gumbo kind of thing. So it was cool that all like the defensive guys like kind of got together and did right. something. I liked seeing that. It was like just at some dude's apartment with his wife and kid. And then yep. five or six other big beefy <laughs> linemen just, Waiting for the food to get Waiting ready. Waiting for the food to get ready. And one, the one guy getting the charcuterie board put together, and he's mm. all being delicate. So it's oh, funny yeah. seeing a football player putting that together. Making a rose out of the, meat slices. The meat rose. <laughs> that was a good bit. I loved that. You can see this 
big, humongous defensive player just hunched over a little piece of wood, yeah. <laughs> playing dainty little meat. Like it was just, it, it cracked me up. I thought it was great. He even got the t-shirts made about the charcuterie board. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good. Well, however, however that got I was, I, I, that was like a knee slapper for me. I was like slapping my knee laughing the whole time. That was great. Well, it's great to see these, you know, these units, some guys get yeah. together and, and become, you know, good friends and teammates. That's how you play what, better from the guy. What did you think about the you? bit with the, uh, the chain link? Did you think that was a little over the top? Uh, I was yeah. like, would Dan Campbell do something like this? He yeah. Might. I don't know about that. It, it was, it was a little bit hokey, but I mean, if it works, it works. I mean, I, mean, yeah. I understand what he's trying to do. Yeah. You, know, you, you, the metaphor was, you a don't little... want to be the weakest link. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I was like, that's a little cheesy. But I was like, I mean, if they buy into it, and clearly they're doing something because that's the best unit on that Jets team, right. in my opinion, is that right. defensive line. I mean, while they got talent all over the place, but I think that defensive line is legit. Mm. So whatever they're doing, yep. keep doing it. Yep. But I don't know. Yeah, with Rodgers, as much as I hate him, boy, does he make for good television. I know you hate that. But he does. I the smugness or whatever it kind of cracks me up. I'm just like I can't tell if this dude's fake or if this is really him. I don't know. Well, but, it's, it's like with Howard Stern. You know, people listen to him because they love him, and people listen to him because they hated him. Yeah, it's like Colin Cowherd. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's gonna get both sides. So. But yeah, so I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm curious how this finale goes, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're not the only one that hates Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm handing you the segue. I'm handing you the segue. Oh. Run with the ball, Randy. Oh, okay. What are you doing? He's... No, I'm not the only one that oh. hates the the, uh, uh, the Jets, but uh, there's a there's a bar the in Milwaukee. The worst handoff of all time. There's a bar in Milwaukee that will give out free drinks whenever Aaron Rodgers and the Jets lose a game. Now I, I've heard it both ways. I, I heard that you know if you've been drinking there all night. They're gonna they're gonna pay for your whole tab, whatever you've run up that night. And then I've I heard it heard it another way where somebody said that they're gonna give out free drinks, you know, after they lose. So the, you know the drinks are on the house after that. They could do both. So they I don't know if it'll go both ways, but uh, it just it just seems like uh, it's it's like the whole, the whole LeBron James thing in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, as soon as he's gone, everybody hates his guts and they're burning his jerseys in the street. But if he were ever to come back, they would they would accept him back with open arms. That's so, fa- that's sports. So this is the thing you. right now is, uh, yeah, and, and this bar is is getting some attention. I don't have the name of the bar in front of me, but uh, um, shouldn't be too hard to find if you're in Milwaukee. Right. <laughs> hey, if you love your beer and you shoot, you want to gamble getting free drinks, just sit there all night and be like, "Come on, lose, lose," and you rack up a two hundred dollar tab well, it's, and it's he good, wins. It's good marketing because now they're going to get people coming into the bar to watch the game and drink a lot yeah. and hope that they lose. You know, betting on the fact that if they lose, I don't have to pay for this. Yeah. So I just had a, a whole night of drinking tonight. So yeah. that'll be good for their business, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Everybody <laughs> likes a promotion like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Forbes has come out with their list of the uh, most valuable franchises, which they do every year. And for the 13th year in a row, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Shocker. No surprise to anybody. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to, to be a winner, obviously, to get on this list or top this list because they haven't won anything in those 13 years, but people still love them. Uh, let's see. They are now valued at $9 billion, with a B, dollars. Jeez. Uh, in second place is the New England Patriots at $7 billion. Third place is the Los Angeles Rams at $6.9 billion. Number four is the New York Giants at $6.8 billion. And at number five, it's the Chicago Bears at $6.3 billion. 
uh, I don't have the full list in front of me, but I posted this uh, article on our social media. And within the article, there's a link to the complete list if you really yeah. want to look at all of them. I mean, usually we used to, I mean, we just got such a jam-packed show. I mean, it's no sense just going through the whole list. Well, but... I've got just a few others here. Like the Washington Commanders are at number eight uh, and $6.05 billion. And I think that's just because they, you know, the, the team was sold. And so, yeah, yeah they're up there. I think now. it was even before they got sold that it yeah. was like that. And the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs are at number 23 on this list, valued at $4.3 billion. So... You know, here you got Super Bowl champions at number 23, won two out of the last, what, four Super Bowls. Uh, and then you've got the number one team, the Dallas Cowboys, that haven't won anything in over 20 years. I mean, you're looking at what, like a bare, like just a little over 2.2 bill, you know, difference between the number eight and number 23. So, mm. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just everybody, somebody's got to be in last place, and yeah. somebody's got to be in first place. It's all billionaires making more money. Right. Like, it's all that is. So, and the bottom two on that list, yeah, the Detroit Lions at number 31, 3.6 billion. Not shocked. And the in last place, the Cincinnati Bengals, who've been so close to a Super Bowl the last couple of years, they're in last place at 3.5 billion dollars. So, it doesn't matter how valuable your your franchise is, you can still, you know, play for a championship. Right. So like I said, if you want to check out the, the complete list, all, all 32 teams, uh, go to the article that I posted on social media about this, and there's a link in there to the complete list. All right, uh, the Manning cast is adding a third member to the crew this season. Uh, who's it going to be? Uh, we don't know, but they posted a pretty pretty funny video you showed me a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, some of the people who were auditioning for it. Auditioning in quotes. <laughs> yeah, auditioning yeah. In, in air quotes. Uh, it was it was pretty funny. It was great. I mean, I was surprised to see Jared Goff lead that whole yeah. thing off. <laughs> Dan Campbell was Dan Campbell uh, made an appearance. Pat McAfee uh, makes an appearance. Yep. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, Reese the Witherspoon does. <laughs> Tom Brady has a great yep. bit at the end. Yep. I was almost going to think once he popped up, I was like, oh my god, did they get Tom Brady? That would make sense. I mean, yeah, he needs work now. He needs work. <laughs> but I don't know who the third would be. Do you have a guess? I my really guess don't. is it's would it be Archie? Would they just get their dad to come on? I don't think so. Would they copy the world of football format where his father's and son? <laughs> I don't think they'd get Marshawn Lynch, even though they, they oh, like him. Oh man, I love Marshawn. They would, but they they would they, have to bleep out so much. You would have to have whoever's there censoring it like right away. You'd yeah. have to have like the quickest <laughs> button pusher yeah. in the world. So I I really don't know. I'm I'm Curious to see who it's I will be, be over the moon if, if they've just finally... Cause, I mean, ESPN's been making some interesting moves between adding the Pat McAfee show, which is known for... Has that started yet on ESPN? Starts on the 7th. I believe on Thursday that okay. starts up on ESPN. Okay. I thought um, it was the first of the month. But... Yeah. So ESPN's now got a whole you know the new philosophy. They want to get into this kind of new era of sports broadcast. So... I mean, I know Pat McAfee said they're allowed to still do what they do. They just have to swear less and definitely not drop the F-bomb. Mm. But if they let they that on the happen. air during the day, why can't you just let Peyton and Eli just curse it up on a late I can't night see broadcast? Peyton and Eli not swearing cursing. up a storm. Well, right? hold on. That, the, That's not their style. The great blooper of Peyton Manning cussing when he didn't know his microphone was hot was great. <laughs> well, uh, and... Eli gave the the double finger, the double bird. Yep, all uh, oh, great, he, fantastic. He, he Marshawn dropped a lot of f bombs. Like, what, let's just can we just get over that faux pas? Of, like, no swearing on television. Like, I get the FCC's got some rules, but like, come on. 
Come on, it's entertaining. You're going to be raising a bunch of little kids that are swearing up a storm. What are we all, hold on, have you seen you some of the parents that. out there? They're letting them watch. Oh, yeah, of, that's what I'm saying. It's terrible. It's, it's and... wrong, and it shouldn't ha- be happening. So let's keep Don't tell the, me how to parent. Let's, let's keep the airwaves nice and clean. What do you think you are, my father? I had a test done. I know it's <laughs> true. All right, let's move on to another story here. What story uh, is that? Travis Kelsey, uh, defensive end for Kansas City Chiefs. Hyper extends his knee during practice today. Yeah, this is like breaking, like right yeah. before we kind of yeah. came on the air. Yeah. As of now, his status for Thursday night's game against the Lions is uncertain. Yeah, shocker. Hmm. I mean, sucks for my fantasy team because I took him number one overall. Oh, fantasy um, football. Here we go. But another season of eye rolling from me. But uh, good news for the Lions? Question mark. Yeah, anything's good news. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, the, the question is now who is Patrick Mahomes going to throw to? Because now he's going to have a different it guy. Next up, that's oh, all it is. The next I'm, up mentality. I'm sure they'll find a new but guy to. It is a bit of a him. bummer. I was kind of. I mean, you want to see your, your teams go at full strength and beat right Travis Kill. I wanted to see the Lions, you know, like C.J. Gardner Johnson, like stopping Kelsey and John a little bit. Because all oh, you know, that's be some great smack talk between those two. But, you know, I'm bummed. Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in the game. He's entertaining. I think, you know, he's a great player. Dude's been a long, uh, around for a long time. Mm. Uh, but you hate to see that. He's such a yeah. good, talented guy. And especially when you draft him number five, uh, four overall in your fantasy league. It's, it hurts. It hurts. See football. Slowly I turned. Inch by inch. Step by step. Uh-huh. Hopefully some people will get that reference. All right, let's move on to some college news. ESPN and something called the Sports Theater Network are teaming up to show 75 college football games live in theaters this season. I guess, excuse me. Excuse you. I guess last year uh, they were with Cinemark Theaters. Uh-huh. And that was just like for playoff games and the championship game, but it wasn't the whole season. Well, now they have a whole um, plethora of theaters that are part of the Sports Theater Network. And that's what they're teaming up with now. Uh, this is going to include the six bowl games that are played on New Year's Day, which include the Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Fiesta Bowl, as well as the national championship game shown in theaters. Games will be shown at more than 500 local theaters across the U.S. and Canada. Would you go watch a, a game on a theater screen? I mean, you, you love your movies. And... If you would have asked me um, two weeks ago, I would have said, heck yes, I'd go to a movie theater to, to watch a football game, but... My answer right now is going to be no because I have a glorious 75-inch uh, HD 4K TV mounted on my apartment wall that my brother-in-law uh, came and helped me hang up this past weekend. So, uh, as my sister said as we hung that behemoth on the wall, geez, it's like you're practically at the movie theater watching <laughs> this thing, and so I don't need to go nowhere. But, but I think between uh, and I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here somewhere, but like between like the did you hear the news about how they're putting the Taylor Swift concert yes. in theaters? How yes. that's blowing up. This is the kind of stuff I dig. Like you can mix music and the movie theater experience. And people are going to, those Taylor Swift things are already sold selling out. Yeah. And it's going to be crazy. It's going to be an event with sports. I get it. People are, you're going to go to the bar. You're going to go to a buddy's house. Who's got a big 75 inch TV. What up? That's me now. Um, or you, you know, there's going to be, options and i think you know sports fans especially like to have options i think there will be some people who will be like 
I can go to a movie theater on that big old screen. Yeah, it's because the people have go, you know a little black and white TV on the on maybe their some, but it, I just think it gives you a different experience. It's going to yep. be you and a bunch of other fans just sitting in a room. It's almost kind of like a stadium experience, but you know it's almost you know, it's a mix of the stadium slash home experience. People are going to be loud, cheering. It's going to be more interactive. Right. I think that would add to that experience for some people. Uh, I'd be curious if they did that around here and they might have in the past, but we've always had plans. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I it almost want to go area. check one out just to see what it was like. It didn't even have to be two teams I cared about. It could be a sugar bowl between uh, Penn state and LSU, you know, two teams I could give two craps about, but maybe that'd be the game. I'd be like, I'd go check that out in a theater just to see mm-hmm. What's that experience like? I might be the only one there because in Michigan, who, you know, I think it would also depend on the region too and what teams are playing. Like, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if I would or not. It, I, I like to. I, I'm not a big fan of crowds anymore. I don't like the crowds. I mean, I like going to the movie theater if it's not real crowded and watching a movie and, and really enjoy that. But to watch a football game, I would just as soon do it at home. You know, in the privacy of my own home. Uh, with my chair and my drink, and uh, you know, just watching it. Your at dog's home. on your lap. Yep. But, you know, if I were to do something like that in a theater, it would have to be a couple of teams that I didn't give a crap about. Yeah. But, you know, like if they put, like, say, the Harvard-Yale game, if that came out to a theater, I mean, even though I could watch it You'd at home... You'd be the only one. I would I would think about going to see, like, Harvard-Yale or um, what's the... Uh, USC and UCLA. Oh, that one would be good. With their their home uniforms. Some big rivalry games would be great. With those uniforms, that would be so gorgeous. You put a a Michigan versus Ohio State in a theater, though. (laughs) That might pop. You know, uh, Auburn and um, Alabama. Yeah. That would pop. Uh, Some of these other big college rivalries would probably be a lot of fun to do, like in a movie theater. Because if you're not invested in either of those teams, you just go into a bunch of people smack talking in the room. Right. Maybe a couple people get drunk enough to start a fight. Who knows what you're going to see? But <laughs> I, I just think it just it depends on your mentality. Like you, I get it. You would I I would never see doing that except for if you saw it wasn't sold out. But I think there are some sports fans who like the I have to be around people. Like I can't afford to go to the stadium every week, but I want to be around more people. So either they go to the bar to be around people, or they go to somebody's house to be around people. I'm sure there'll be a handful of people who would be like, oh, totally, I'd go sit and watch it at a movie theater with a bunch of other people. Well, what happens when uh, a bunch of drunken fans from the two teams on the movie screen get into a fight in the theater? Who's going to break that up? And, uh, you know, are they going to cancel this whole thing after something like well, that that's happens? That's when the, the usher comes in and goes, boys, boys, boys. <laughs> Got that little flashlight. Settle, settle down. <laughs> Go buy some more concessions, sober up, yeah. and come go, back. Go get another beer. No, no, you don't tell them. Here's, some, here's some free drink no, coupons. Get, no, no, no. If they're already drunk, if I, you know, you give them back to the concession to get the uh, the priced up M and M's and and maybe some of the overpriced food they start selling. No, that's where the cops are now. waiting is out by the by the drink machine. Maybe and the usher just goes, "This guy, yeah, yeah, okay, you're under arrest. Let's go to the drunk tank." Yeah, but I think it, it it's just. Adds to the uh, buffet, as we like to say at the end, the glorious buffet that is the world of football. You have a glorious buffet of viewing options mm. as a sports and especially a football fan because it is America's pastime. Suck it, baseball. <laughs> okay, yeah, I just I I don't know if I would or not. It'd, it'd have to be a certain circumstance, certain game. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if they actually have something around here, whether it's uh, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, Lansing. I mean, we in our neck of the woods. I mean, I think like a lot of those big theater chains like Cinemark and 
uh, AMC now. We used to have an AMC in Kalamazoo. Now I think yeah. it's more over by Detroit. We have, in Michigan at least, for those of you not in Michigan, we have a chain of theaters uh, called Celebration Cinema, which is mainly right. in Michigan and uh, Midwest kind of thing. Uh, but uh, I, I'm subscribed to that. I pay a monthly like subscription to go see. Like I get three movies a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pay twenty bucks a month. And you know, if I think they've done sporting events before, they might have done like some of the UFC fights. So, you know, some of those like pay per view stuff. Maybe I don't know. They do like they'll do like special fathom events. So they'll find ways to sneak stuff in. Just like how uh, next weekend, not this upcoming weekend, they're doing a re release of the Dark Knight trilogy i'm gonna go see that in the movie mm. theater next weekend so well this the whole sports theater network uh, i don't i know nothing about them so uh if you're interested in something like this you might want to google that yeah google see if Find it's playing theaters, a theater near you what are these 500 theaters what states you know what theaters and what states participate in the sports theater network see if there's one near you and uh you know shoot take a video and send it to us i'd love to see that <laughs> I, How your experience I, would be, was. I would be interested to we see. could totally film an experience too <laughs> yeah Okay, uh, let's see. Today's birthdays uh, for September 5th. Quarterback Billy Kilmer turns 84 years old today. He played his college football at UCLA, and he was the 11th overall pick in the 1961 NFL draft by the San Francisco 49ers. He was also selected in the fifth round of the 1961 American Football League draft by the San Diego Chargers. He played 16 seasons in the NFL. He signed with the 49ers and played there from 1961 to 1966 but he missed the 1963 season due to a leg injury. He then played for the New Orleans Saints from 1966 to 1970, but he is best known as the quarterback of the Washington Redskins from 1971 to 1978. We do have a couple of obituaries this week. This is where we take a moment and honor those who've made the world of football a better place. And the first one is a big one, uh, Gil Brandt, a former executive in the NFL, has passed away at the age of 91, Brandt started out as a part-time player scout for the Los Angeles Rams in the 1950s, and he was a full-time scout for the San Francisco 49ers in 1958. He joined the expansion Dallas Cowboys in 1960s and was the first person to use computers to track information on prospective players. He also was the first to use psychological tests to identify the mental and uh, personality makeup of prospective players and succeeded in finding undrafted free agents as well as a number of top small small college players. So, I mean, this guy was like a, a true innovator. He, he took uh, scouting to a whole new level, mm-hmm. uh, you know, used these newfangled computers to put all this information in and, you know, probably spit it out in a spreadsheet so you can pair this guy with that guy and all your ratings and stuff like that. It's, you know, everybody does that today, but back in the day, uh, it all started with Gil Brandt, and he was the one that had the idea for that. Mm-hmm. He helped create the NFL Scouting Combine uh, as a way to centralize the scouting evaluation process. Brandt helped shape the Cowboys into a team that uh, had 20 consecutive winning seasons between 1966 and 1985, appearing in five Super Bowls and winning two of them. He went on to go... Uh, he, well, he went on... Uh, I'm sorry, let me start over again. Uh, he was the vice president of player personnel for the Cowboys when he was let go by new team owner Jerry Jones in 1989. He went on to work for Sirius XM Radio for over 20 years. And they were talking quite a bit. You know, I was listening to uh, Sirius XM in the mm. car the other day, and they, they just talked about what a, what a great friend he was to uh, Sirius XM when they first started, you know, 
broadcasting and, and worked for him for 20 years, and everybody had nothing but great things to say about him. Um, Gil Brandt was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a builder in 2019. So, yeah, uh, big name passed away the other day. Yeah. All right, the next obituary is that of Paul Roach, an assistant coach in college and in the NFL, has passed away at the age of 95. Roach coasted, coached, <laughs> Roach coasted, Roach coached. I, that was a little weird when I wrote yeah. it. Yeah. Because when I was in the military, they had this uh, vehicle that went around and sold sandwiches and pop and stuff, and we called it the Roach Coach. Uh-huh. So, so when I wrote... Roach coached this or that. I, I had to smile. Uh-huh. Roach uh, coached in the NFL for the Oakland Raiders in 1974, the Green Bay Packers from 1975 to 1976, and the Denver Broncos from 1977 to 1980. He went on to be an assistant coach in college at Wyoming from 1987 to 1990 and was named Western Athletic Conference Coach of the Year twice. He was inducted into the Wyoming Athletics Hall of Fame in 1999. Our final obituary this week is that of Ed Meter, a defensive back in the NFL for 12 seasons. He's passed away at the age of 86. Meter played college football at Arkansas Tech and was selected in the seventh round of the 1959 NFL Draft by the Los Angeles Rams. He played his entire career with the Rams from 1959 to 1970, and was named the Rams' uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year in 1959. He still holds the Rams' record for interceptions with 46, uh, the most opponent fumbles recovered at 18, and the most blo- uh, blocked the most kicks in team history with 10. Meter was voted the Rams' Defensive Back of the Year seven times. Wow. So that's it for the obituaries this week. Upcoming events, I've got a whole slew of them, but only one matters, and that's all I'm going to talk about this week, and that is this Thursday, two days from yeah. now, the NFL regular season begins with the Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. Man, oh man, what a night that's going to be. Can't wait. I'm uh, going to have my Mountain Dew all ready awesome. to go to keep me awake for the game. I get the, uh, As long as the Lions play well enough. Just sit there and enjoy the evening. As long as the Lions play well enough to keep you awake and it's not yeah. a snooze fest and the Chiefs blowing them out. But... Well, you know, if they win, I'm going to have to be watching all the uh, post-game ESPN shows. And, you know, until they go off the air at 2 a.m. or right. whatever, I'm going to be watching all that. And if, if they, they lose, if it'll they be lose, avoiding it all weekend. Click and uh, it's time to go to bed. Catch you next weekend. <laughs> but, no, it should be a great game. I hope uh, so. A uh, great way to start the season. We'll we'll see what both of these teams are yeah. made of uh, right the, off the bat. This will be the biggest stage. People see the Lions on yeah. uh, besides the Thanksgiving game. And, uh, yep. and uh, boy, it feels good to be yeah. the, the team to lead off. It does. It does. You know, cause, uh, it's you exciting. Know, I got a lot of friends in the Pro Football Researchers Association, and a lot of them are not from Michigan, so they're, they're Bills fans, they're Giants fans, they're right. Steelers fans, everybody else. Yeah, a couple Packer fans in yeah. there, too. But, uh, but you know, it, it's nice to, for people to see our team finally and say, hey, you know what, they're, they're not too bad. You know, they've got such a bad reputation. And a lot of people don't see them throughout the course of the year because they don't have any uh, right. national televised games until, like, Thanksgiving and maybe late in the season, but... Uh, now they're starting out the season, so they get to see what we saw last right. year, and hopefully and they they see that team that won eight of their last ten games uh, on the field. This and time. football fever is it's such a high pitch nowadays that that first game people have been fiending for actual yeah. NFL football, and to have that be the first game that matters. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I I can't wait to see what kind of ratings this game yeah. pulls. Yeah. So very interesting. All right, anything else before we call this uh, show? Um, I don't think there have been uh, any. 
developments or updates. I'm just checking the notifications as of right now. I think we are good. Okay. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast, I'm I highly not. doubt it. <laughs> About the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we have done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, original articles, videos, and more. Our email address, if you want to email us, is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo. You can also follow our X account. Uh, the address is at TWOF Kalamazoo. Also find us on Instagram at that same handle, TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted on Tuesdays and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to play the world of football to hear us what on whatever Alexa devices you may have. You can also find the full audio version of this show on YouTube. Just search the YouTube search bar for the world of football Kalamazoo or use the handle youtube.com slash at the world of football. Please spread the word and subscribe, rate, review, give us a like, leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. And don't forget, we've got our picks video coming up if That's, you want to get involved in that. I think we're going to have th three videos dropped tomorrow. Oh, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, picks video. Uh, we're going to have a history lesson. Yep. Maybe go up sometime tomorrow. Definitely at least before the Thursday night game. So be on the lookout. It just depends on my schedule, too. I, I'm, <laughs> Yeah. Should and, be good, though. And you're just lying around. Uh, just lying around will be recorded Wednesday evening. Okay. So that should either go up Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, before. Again, try to get all this up before the Lions-Chiefs uh, game. Right, yeah. So, and then I'm going to be gone all week. Yeah, so. you're going to be, what, what are you leaving, Thursday morning? Thursday morning, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you're going to be gone until Sunday. Sunday, yeah. And who knows, what? Like, normally, like, I, on this trip, I go uh, to the music festival, and I have to rush back Sunday because I want to watch the Lions game. Right. Um, not the case this year. Not this year. This year I'll be in a cornfield watching the game on Thursday night uh, <laughs> on my phone or trying to. I'm really hoping it pans out because I, I don't want to be that guy fiending for like, hey, anybody know the Lions score? I can't get signal. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Speaking of that cornfield, uh, did we tell people about our uh, our first ever commercial that we made? I, uh, Gridiron of Dreams? We talked about it last week. But if, you wanna, we? if you want well, to talk it out, about it again. Do it. Gridiron of Dreams. We filmed our own little commercial advertising uh, all of our uh, podcasts and website and everything. Uh, it's uh, it's reminiscent of a Field of Dreams, but uh, it's Gridiron of Dreams. It's only a minute long. It's real quick, but uh, uh, it's out there on our social media. So check that out and uh, let us know what you think about that. Uh, got some so proud of it. Everybody. Got some got some other ideas for a few more. So oh we'll, my God, we'll see. Uh, some, well, we'll do them next year. A, a blues, I held off a blues on that Brothers one. thing oh, and. Uh, you gosh. really want to do that Blues Brothers bit. <laughs> oh, my God. You said the same thing about uh, Gridiron of Dreams last year. Uh, I, I'll wear you down until you finally say, okay, let's let's go do it. Yes, we both do that. <laughs> I have to wear you down to start a podcast. You have to wear me down to do some of these videos. Uh, that's the way it goes. Uh-huh. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than the two of, the two of us two guys of Gus? sitting right here in Kalamazoo. Two Gus? Yeah. Gus? Until next time, when we'll try and do a better job. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'm Randy Snow. Oh, I thought we were both Gus. No. No? Okay. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>